0: Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, communication is a gift that God gives so that people can live in peace with each other. The ninth commandment deals with the messages we send to one another, whether with the words that come from our lips, with the tone we use, or with our body language. Speaking the truth means sending messages that conform to the nature the specifics and the circumstances of what really happened to bear false witness against someone is to communicate a message to another person that deviates from the reality of what we have seen what we are doing or what we are feeling or what we are thinking lies and deceit destroy trust, damage the reputation of our neighbor, create unnecessary divisions, and cause direct harm to the people around us. The ninth commandment is focused on promoting healthy relationships between God's creatures who depend on one another as we all work together. It calls us to honesty, It calls us to consider the reputation and well-being of others. It calls us to be faithful to our neighbor. When we are honest, considerate of the reputation of others, and eager to promote the life and well-being of others through our faithfulness to our neighbor, then we are experiencing the mighty power of the Holy Spirit working in our hearts, the spirit of truth. And I preach to you the gospel under this following theme. The spirit of truth guides the church to speak the truth. We'll see that it guides us to speak the truth to our neighbor, about our neighbor, and for our neighbor. When our Lord Jesus sent the spirit of truth to the world... He inspired the prophets to reveal the truth about who he is, who we are, and what his plan for the human race is. And he talks about that at the end of chapter 15 in John that we read together, that he will bear witness about Jesus Christ. This truth is found in his holy word, the the word that we continue to hold today. And the Spirit of Truth uses this word to guide us today into all truth. That means there is only one worldview that conforms with the way that the world was made. There is only one answer to the questions about where the human race and the world came from, why we are all here, and where we are all going. And although it's very popular today to speak about my truth or your truth as if two contradictory realities could exist at the same time, the fact of the matter is there is only one absolute truth. You don't have your own unique truth. You just have your own opinion. Truth and opinion are two different things. You are only speaking the truth if you are speaking the same thing that the Lord is speaking. These words come from God, the Creator. These words were spoken by Jesus Christ. These are the words that the Holy Spirit in our hearts makes us want to say. Through the ninth commandment, the Lord calls his church to speak the beautiful truth that he has revealed, and to speak it to our neighbor. We can tell our children, our friends, our colleagues, and our neighbors the truth that there is a personal God in heaven who created the heavens and the earth. The Lord created the human race and placed his creatures in the amazing universe so that they might praise and glorify him as they cooperate together in their unique place and in their mission in their relationships in their work in their worship as their lives are shaped by the 10 commandments and we want to tell this truth to the world led by the spirit of truth in our hearts we want to communicate this truth with our words with our body language, with our lifestyle choices, a faithful witness wants to ensure that the truth that God reveals is known. So what is that look like? Well, part of the truth that God revealed is that we as human beings have all fallen into sin. We are we are sinners. At the end of each at the end of the day, each one of us can create quite a list of the sins against God's commandments that we have committed. The sins that we commit hurt people. They cause misery and they ruin the good things that God created. The Holy Spirit in our hearts does not make us want to ignore the truth that we commit sins. When we try to escape the Consequences of our sins through mind altering chemicals or activities, or by telling lies about them, or by shutting them up deep in a deep closet in our hearts, hoping they'll go away. Psalm 32 says, Then the hand of God weighs heavy upon us. The ninth commandment gets read every Sunday. Guilt, shame, and remorse. They cloud our minds and they take away our joy until we let go of our pride and self-confidence and surrender ourselves to God's will and speak the truth about who we are and confess that we need his help. The Holy Spirit leads us to recognize the truth about ourselves because he has come to bear witness about Jesus Christ as Jesus promised in John 15, verse 26. The complete forgiveness for everyone who confesses their sins to God and seeks to repent from their sins is also part of the truth that God has revealed in his word. The Lord has said that if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive our sins. The Lord Jesus told us that as God has forgiven our sins, we should also forgive the sins of others. The Spirit of truth wants us to experience this forgiveness, so he leads us to be honest before God, honest with ourselves, and honest with our neighbor. Now, we often hesitate to confess our sins because we know how much they offend God and how much they offend our neighbor. We are often very ashamed of what we have done. And we deceive ourselves that it is better not to disappoint our loved ones. But such thinking, ongoing deception, and refusal to confess our sins never makes our relationships stronger. That is why God gave us the ninth commandment, And told us to speak the truth. You are much better off forgiven by God. And at peace with him. Than you are living a lie. And continuing to betray the trust of the very people you love. When we are honest about our own personal struggles. We bring others into our struggles. So that they can give us the help. That we need and we don't need to struggle alone that is the beautiful thing about the ongoing pastoral care that the elders give to us and the resultant support groups that are are formed in a congregation where we could speak openly and honestly with one another the spirit of truth leads us to embrace God's grace to take hold of the forgiveness of sins and the new life that we have in Jesus Christ. When we speak the truth to one another, God gives us the opportunity to experience new beginnings. The Holy Spirit also calls us to show our love to one another by being honest of the sins that they are committing, often against us. In Matthew 18, the Lord Jesus gives us clear instructions about how to approach the person who sins against us in order to call them to repentance. You can read that. It's a well-known passage, Matthew 18, verses 15 to 18. And his instruction makes it very clear that such an exhortation begins with going to our brother or our sister in humility because we are not God We do not always know the whole truth. And then he teaches us to speak the truth in love to our neighbor with a desire to glorify God and to save our neighbor from death. Through such exhortations, the spirit of truth bears witness about Jesus Christ. John 15, verse 26. Speaking the truth to our neighbor is a wonderful blessing for your relationship and for your relationships with other people. Honesty is the bedrock of our relationships. Honesty also allows us to build a reputation and a name that is truthful and in conformity with the reality. This is important to us because, as one writer said, next to life itself, our reputation is the most precious thing that we possess here on this earth. Our name defines us. God is known through our witness to him. Our name also defines our neighbor. In the context of the command to love our neighbor as ourselves, the ninth commandment directs all our attention to our neighbor. It's how it's worded when the Lord gave the law. From Sinai. We confess that to show love to our neighbor, we must seek to defend and promote our neighbor's honor and reputation. The spirit of truth within us, he leads us to speak truthfully about our neighbor. We see that in the second point not only to our neighbor, but also about our neighbor. Now, speaking the truth about our neighbor seems to be easier for us to do than speaking the truth to our neighbor. If we are upset, we tend to speak about other people much more quickly than we would speak to them. This is because we think that when we speak to them, our own personal reputation is on the line, but when we speak about them, it appears that only their reputation is on the line it just feels safer that's not how God sees things before the judge of all the earth who sees our hearts and knows what we are going to say even before a word is on our tongue like we sang in Psalm 139 both the one who is spoken of and the one who speaks are on trial before him our opinions Our criticisms and our judgments of other people often expressed when they're not even there to hear. They may sway your neighbor to think more highly of you than before. But to God who knows our hearts and our motives for speaking, they only show that we are often selfish and vindictive. These are the sins that the ninth commandment forbids. If we look at what we confess about sins against the Ninth Commandment in the Heidelberg Catechism, you can see that they all have to do with bearing witness to others about our neighbor. This can happen in a courtroom or in a common conversation. In both cases, as Proverbs 18 verse 21 says, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Because in both cases... Our neighbor's honor and reputation become dependent on our words. You can see why God commanded that the witnesses against someone would have to throw the first stones if the accused was found to be guilty. You see, it's a weighty responsibility to speak about someone else. And whether we are in a courtroom testifying in a trial or chatting with a friend in the church foyer, we need to pause. We need to hesitate before we talk about another person. Your words have serious consequences for the life and the reputation of others. Put yourself in the shoes of the person you are speaking about and reflect carefully on what you would think if someone was speaking about you in that way. Think about how it would be if someone took snippets of your conversation right out of context and then posted them on social media in order to ruin your reputation, like so many do to our Prime Minister. Think about how you would feel if people then took such gossip, slander, or twisted words and then rashly condemned you as a fool in the comments section below the the degrading meme. The spirit of truth who dwells in our hearts makes us detest all lying and deceit as the devil's own works. Even through the, the preaching this afternoon, the Holy Spirit speaks directly to our hearts, and urges us to repent of all our selfishness, our vindictive plans, and hatred against our neighbor, so that we do not suffer under that heavy wrath of God that we confess to be his reaction. So we think about our congregation here. I don't know the congregation in St. Albert, but we can all think together do we as a congregation have a struggle with gossip? Maybe you are someone that believes that you can't tell anyone anything because everybody in the church is gossiping. Seems like it's a, a typical crowd thing, not just a congregation thing. But when there's a, a crowd, the feeling is that, that others are, are gossiping. You might even state it out loud from time to time. Everyone is gossiping. You would have to include yourself because such a statement of an opinion is gossip. And when we consider that it is not true of everyone, it's also slander. It's it's a rash condemnation. The devil uses it to, to break apart those who were meant to be together. Showing such disrespect to the honor and reputation of so many, many people in in one fell sweep. Many people you don't even know. That won't bring you a lot of happiness in this life. But it does raise the question about what would be a better way to react when someone gossips to you. Either directly to your face or perhaps on social media but is a good way to respond. And since gossip, slander, lies, and deceit are the devil's own works, it would be extremely harmful to the church and to the very name of God to do nothing. Silence is deadly. The devil should not be permitted to have his way with us as a congregation. And so we're thinking, what would I do? What would I do if someone gossiped to me? It's a good conversation to have together as a family, as a congregation, when, when you're together and you're, you're thinking about the ninth commandment. But I think we can all agree that the best solution is to put the fires of gossip out, to extinguish them rather than fanning the flames. The spirit of truth within us is is, is guiding us so that we refuse to cooperate with the devil and serve his wicked purposes by passing the gossip on. Even though you might really enjoy the attention. What do you do? Well, it's important to first confront the gossiper. Maybe take them aside and Find out the truth. Do not give the devil a foothold. If the person being gossiped about has committed a shameful sin, and most gossip has some truth at, its, as, at, at the base, we must address the person according to instruction of our Lord Jesus Christ, directly to them about their sins, as he taught us in Matthew 18. You brothers and sisters, let us not resort to callous gossip. Let us deal with our sins and our own sins and the sins of others in a loving way as we speak the truth to others, about others, and for the benefit and well-being of our neighbor, for our neighbor. The word for truth in the Old Testament is closely related to the word for faithfulness. It's striking, the word for truth and the word for faithfulness. The spirit of truth within us always guides us to want to use our words and communication to promote our neighbor's well-being. In most cases in our lives, this is very straightforward. We are motivated to speak the truth about God to our neighbor because we love them. We want them to enjoy the forgiveness of sins. We want them to, to be there with us for eternity. We repeat the truth of the scriptures because we desire to see that God would receive the glory from more, from more and more people. We are motivated to speak truthfully to our neighbors about our sins and the sins that others commit against us because we want to remove the barriers to peace that the devil is trying to set between two people through lies and deceit. We are motivated to speak the truth about our neighbor in order that truth and justice are maintained because we love to see that person's honor and reputation are in line with who they really are. In court and everywhere else, we love the truth. We speak and confess it honestly without ever coming close to breaking this commandment to love our neighbor as ourselves. In most cases, speaking the truth for our neighbor means using our words to communicate exactly what we have done or are doing. But then the classic question. What do we do when wicked men who hate God ask us to collaborate with them in their plans to destroy the church or to kill people simply because of their race? And we can think of Pharaoh's Egypt or or Nazi Germany. Are we breaking the ninth commandment by telling lies to protect the lives of innocent people? I found one Reformed writer the 16th century that said that Christians must always tell the truth no matter what. Because the ninth commandment is an absolute command and the objective truth is our master. That's, that's what it is. And the writer argued that if God in his providence places us in a situation We're telling the truth can cause harm to innocent people, we must still tell the truth. For this writer, the faithful person must simply trust God's wisdom, understand that we cannot understand his providence, and submit to the reality of our situation. It is what it is. I will always tell the truth. And the innocent person who dies as a result of the statement we made, that person will be will understand that being faithful to God is more important for a person than helping our neighbor, and so a dilemma was shaped and formed. The same commentator even states that the midwives in Pharaoh's day they were wrong to lie about the vitality of the Israelite women in order to save the children born to the Israelites, as we would never justify the sin of committing adultery by explaining that we did it to help our neighbor, this writer said we must also submit to God's truth and refuse to tell a lie even if it can help our neighbor. I don't know if you've ever heard that position presented. And as we think about it, we think about what God meant when he spoke the ninth commandment. We can see it's a persuasive argument we can recognize its value in almost all situations you see white lies rarely end up serving our neighbor and it's usually best to be clear that when asked to judge something like how pretty your mother looks in her new dress it's good to start by saying that you're just sharing your opinion Talk about lies of necessity is often a cover-up for our fear of putting ourselves in uncomfortable situations. And too often we think it is necessary to tell a lie because we have made errors in judgment that we now have to recover from or because we fail to trust in the power of God and the Holy Spirit's work in the hearts of the people around us. We think we have to control and manipulate Everything and so we quickly justify telling things that are not true. May never happen in your life that you will find yourself in a situation that is similar to the situation that was faced by Christians who risked their lives to save the Jews and Nazi Germany from a horrendous death at the hands of very wicked men. So we start with the rule. Tell the truth. Be honest. Be fair. Be honest about who you are. Be honest about what you know. But we also understand that in extreme situations, like if our government made abortion mandatory for everybody, or if soldiers called upon you to tell them the truth about the location of prophets or spies or Jews or members of resistance whom they wanted to kill, and you did not obey them, would you be breaking the ninth commandment? Is it a sin against the ninth commandment to mislead a person who is bent on murder? If keeping silent is not possible, do you bear false witness against your neighbor if you refuse to collaborate with God-haters? We look to scripture we look to scripture and we see that god blessed the midwives for lying to the egyptian soldiers exodus 1 18 to 21 god blessed rahab for hiding the spies in joshua chapter 2 god commanded joshua to use deception in the battles against his enemies by dividing up in two forces and giving the impression that he was weaker than he was So then we ask, was God contradicting himself in all these things? Then we see how important that connection between truth and faithfulness is. Because being truthful is using your words to show love for your neighbor. Misleading murderers to save an innocent person not only saves the life of the innocent person, but also saves saves the murderer from increasing his crime. Truth is related to being faithful to your neighbor. Truth is given to promote peace and love between God's creatures. Our tongue is given to us in the context of our relationship to our neighbor and our responsibility toward that neighbor that we cannot abdicate, even when we are intimidated by force. The truth of God's love must be communicated to our neighbor, even if it is done with untruthful words in those extremely rare and unique situations of extreme corruption and hatred against God. There is no contradiction. Although we must not harbor The guilty or use lies to spare ourselves from uncomfortable situations we must always make maintaining God's love and God's justice the goal of our communication the spirit of truth in our hearts leads us in all these situations through the the ninth commandment then we see how to do it see how to speak the truth to our neighbor, about our neighbor, and for our neighbor. We trust the spirit of truth will guide the church in all truth. His word is true. His promises are true. Let us use our mouths to glorify God. Amen.